God, you're white women owning a Mexican place. Hello and welcome to episode number 129 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, January 22nd, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we have really good barbecue and I'm sure salty cucumbers. And from America's left coast, where it's a new day, a new guy in the White House, a new normal. Everything is new. I'm Ryan Bemrose. It is a new normal. I mean, I saw in the troll room which is the chat room that we use when doing these shows live Monday, Friday at noon Eastern time, no agenda stream.com that somebody mentioned that it seemed like CNN has removed the COVID deaths, infections. You know, the thing they've been keeping up and updating every day and trying to make Trump look bad because the deaths, the deaths, the deaths. Well, I guess that's not important anymore. Well, we can't have any of those facts impinging on the new guy. Right. <laughs> People are dying under Biden now. Oh, my God. Now, what do we do? Eh, we'll just brush it. Under well, the no, we've still got a, a couple months where we can still blame everything on Trump. Right. Although Biden's already getting testy with an uh, AP reporter that asked about, well, do you still think you could get the hundred hundred million uh, vaccines in the first hundred days? And he's like, come on, man. So, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Joe. I did something awful for my health. Uh, my research for the show, I went ahead and I read every single one of the 27 executive actions that Biden has taken in his first two days in office. Yeah, he was he was busy, although Trump was, too, if I remember correctly, to be fair. Yes, yes. Well, Trump, I mean, it it kind of started with uh, Bush was great when he had uh, both houses of the Congress. And if he wanted something done, he'd just go tell Congress, hey, do this for me. And it worked uh, right up until the very end. And then he like a couple times signed a couple executive orders. And then Obama was the one who really came out and said, Congress isn't working with me and fulfilling entire all of my agenda and started just spewing out. Like, I remember when uh, in what? Oh, seven, when uh, Bush came out with an executive order that was numbered, you know, through 3,000, 4,000, something like that. And now we're up to 14,000. <laughs> They're adding up. And this is something that's <laughs> relatively new. Um, I mean, again, as a kid, it didn't follow politics that closely, but I don't remember hearing a whole lot about presidential actions like this. And now it is a regular thing. I mean, mainly because they seem to stand up somewhat and they definitely are a runaround be beyond the system that was set up, which is the House and the Senate yeah. make the laws. The president is just supposed to have veto power, not a, a lot of the ones that I read this morning were straight up. Uh, Joe Biden is going out and trying to pass new laws, but going doing an end run around Congress. Most of them are are, you know, we set forth this policy and we direct the heads of all these agencies to create 
new rules and regulations in accordance with this policy, which is uh, uh, another way of passing a law. But instead of asking Congress to pass it, the, the public government, he's asking the deep state to pass it because then he doesn't have to worry about the regulation. Which is interesting, though, because he has the House and Senate. So why still rely on this method? Is there a reason? Because does he? Well, that okay. That, I guess, is the question, because we've already heard from some people like uh, Manchin, Senator Manchin, that said, well, yeah, if you're going to try to push this Green New Deal stuff like that, I'm saying no. So you don't have the Senate. So it's interesting to watch this because allegedly, you know, they've got the votes. And if you're going to start doing a runaround, even your own party, that's going to show some real problems. And not only that, but uh, Congress has much more important things to do. Impeach um, Donald in, Trump? In, well, no. <laughs> well, I mean, the Senate's working on that, but the House already has articles of impeachment filed against Biden. Yes, from one, uh, one representative, which, <laughs> you know, I, I get the symbolic nature of it, but come on, get to real, <laughs> your real job, please. Come on. Oh, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, their real job involves fucking up the country by passing bad legislation, and I'd rather that they snipe at each other. That's always been my favorite way. I I hate it. It doesn't matter what party. I hate it. Hate, hate, hate when the entire government is under one party because then they get things done and that always ends up worse off for the public. I really prefer when the entire government is deadlocked and fighting each other tooth and nail and we end up getting government shutdowns, which don't save any money, but at least it prevents new policy for a time. It's really the best option. Yeah. Gridlock can be your friend, although that's also a, uh, a problem when they just keep spending more money to get nothing done. But these orders that Joe has come out with, there was what, 20 something you said. Was there anything that was a surprise or is this just we're going to try to roll back every Trump policy as quickly as we possibly can? And this is is it just stuff well, you would he, assume? He certainly there's certainly a hell of a lot of that going on, which, by the way, uh, given that the U.S. Supreme Court slapped trump down when he started trying to reverse obama's policies specifically the obamacare uh stuff that he did and they said no no these executive orders were passed and must be enforced for two years it will be interesting to see what kind of court challenges come out of just what biden has done in the last two days so why didn't president trump as his last duty in office have a presidential order that said no more presidential orders (laughs) (laughs) i I, I don't believe I don't think he believes he has that authority. Now, it turns out that just means that he's not corrupt enough because you have whatever authority you you decide to get. But so what were there any were you surprised if you actually read all this stuff and your brain didn't explode? Were there any major surprises or is this just business as usual that you would have guessed? Uh, Well, overall, it's it's pretty much uh, a. a a whitewashing of Trump's legacy. It is trying to reverse everything he did. It's trying to, it, it is a smorgasbord of progressive policies. Um, some of the more, uh, onerous ones were, uh, you know, things that have never really been codified at this level of government before. Like, uh, there's a whole lot about, uh, um, creating, uh, uh, critical race theory as as public policy now right um more racism uh, to combat racism oh yeah, quite a lot 
yeah, I'm, I mean, it, it's it, it is if if you are a progressive and you didn't like the fact that government was being reduced by Trump and that, uh, you know, the, the Trump was dis was ignoring public policies that you wanted, then then you should be very happy with this. Well, we want more racism. There's no question uh-huh. about it. I mean, he picked his vice president exactly that way. And I know it's a drum that we've beat on the show many a time. It's just a concept. The logic behind it, I don't understand. This is something that when you first had the integration, when you first had civil rights, and it's like, okay, the black community did not have the same rights. I understood it. Well, then you have to do something so the companies or whatever start taking part. The government starts taking part in the way they hire. But we've moved so far past that that to bring this back in again can only lead to detrimental things in the way I look at it, because you're not taking the best possible candidate again. I was, I mean, pleasantly surprised that Neil Patrick Harris, who, I mean, I know a lot of people, if you follow any of this stuff, you realize he's gay. The actor that played Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother, Doogie Howser, he said, um, as far as I'm concerned, his best role ever was as Dr. Horrible. What was that in Dr. Horrible sing along blog was what it was called. I don't think I saw that. He he was the titular character. Nice. I, it was just a lot of fun. He's a very talented guy. And he came out and said, you know, I, I think the uh, actor that should be chosen for a part is the one that can play it the best. I don't care about anything else. You know, that's uh, yeah. How about logic? I mean, they're, they're they, they as a profession, they are professional liars. They're. Their entire job. Well, yes, their entire job, though. Well, I mean, politicians are professional liars, but that's not supposed to be their job description. It's just what it turned into. But the the very job description for an actor is go on stage and pretend to be somebody you're not. And so attaching writers like, well, but you have to keep this one aspect of yourself, even though you're changing everything else. Is just, it doesn't make any sense with regards to acting. No, it does not. And it doesn't make sense when it comes to normal everyday life. Somebody being chosen for a job should be based upon their qualifications for that job. You should not have to pass over as a company. You should not have to pass over the most qualified person for the job because they're a white male or whatever thing you don't need on your little checkbox today. If your checkbox yeah, see, is you, you, you'd suck at, at drafting Biden's executive orders. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, and, and the people that he's putting into power, the woman from uh, Pennsylvania, the, the transgender health secretary, she's part of his cabinet or something now. And it's just like, I don't know. I've seen her speak in the past and she's a moron. So, you know, if we're just picking people because, they're transgender or because of their sexuality or because of the color of their skin. Wow, Joe, you're woke. But I really hope there's somebody behind the scenes that actually knows what the hell they're doing and is getting things done. I doubt it, though. No, this is no all it's, it's morons all the way down. More. <laughs> we go morons <laughs> all the way down the Joe Biden cabinet. Yes. Uh, so I'm 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 going to go ahead and I'm I'm going to try to sprinkle in some of the interesting details because I read this shit and therefore you guys are going to have to hear about it. Um so the three major themes to what Biden has done so far. Uh the first is bringing in critical race theory 
Uh, the second is uh, tearing down everything Trump ever did. And the third one is uh, there's uh, actually a surprisingly large number of these that deal with co- that have the word COVID in them and deal with COVID one way or another. Well, yes, we're um, getting ready for the darkest winter, the yes. worst period of COVID, the worst period of COVID. Let that sink in. We have a vaccine. We have multiple vaccines. We have people being vaccinated. We have a lot of people who've already had the disease and gotten better. But somehow Joe thinks the worst is still yet to come. So so do you have a do you have a preference which direction we should go first? No, just spin the wheel. OK, go. Okay. random. Well, in that case, uh, let's see. Proclamation on the termination of emergency with respect to the southern border of the United States and redirection of funds diverted to border wall construction. Yes, yeah, stop the wall. You got to stop yep. the wall. Although, I mean, as and, predicted, uh, he's not tearing the wall down yet. No, he's just saying within you, you need to create, uh, you know, as as much as is possible to uh, to do so safely. You must stop work and fire all of your workers on the wall. Period. Within seven days, that that's about it. It ends a national emergency. The, I I I was surprised a little bit that any national emergency ever has been ended. But I guess the only re- way to do that is within political reasons. Well, you see, if Trump so, declared the national emergency, then it yeah. can't be. So which is why COVID It's the only not. possible way that a national I mean, we you know, we are still under the national emergency caused by 9-11. <laughs> right. <laughs> because because apparently bin Laden, a, you know, 12 years after he was killed is still a threat or something. I Yeah. Well, you know, Antifa is just a thought and an idea, not an actual group of people. Uh, well, I'm, Biden does not believe that Antifa is our terrorists. However, um, he he apparently hasn't yet penned the executive order declaring everybody who voted for Trump to be enemies of the state. I expect that one coming soon. I wouldn't doubt that. Uh, Unity. Let's see, uh, other. Let's see. Other Trump things. Um he executive order on the revision of civil immigration enforcement policies and priorities um, uh, specifically revoked executive order 13768, which was the Trump one that said sanctuary cities were ineligible for federal grants. So all of these leftist cities who've declared that we want everybody from all over the world, please come in, bring all of your problems, bring your culture and, you know, vote Democrat uh, and now are eligible for federal funds again. Um, the uh, executive order it on ensuring a lawful and accurate enumeration of and appointment pursuing to the decennial census. This one's a fun one. That's a that's a that's a lot of big words. Oh, every one of these has crazy fucking names. Does, that's does, why I wrote them down. Does Joe uh, know what the words mean? This one revokes executive order. It, uh, the, so many of these, it, it starts out with they revoke executive orders da, 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 that was passed by Trump. This one revokes thirteen eight eighty, which collecting information about citizenship status in connection with the decennial census. In other words, Trump was wordy as shit too, in his names. Well, of course Uh, it also revokes a memorandum, excluding illegal aliens from the apportionment. Um, Okay. So this Biden executive order, basically the census is done. It's been done already. And that so Biden has released an executive order because the, the actual law, the way the census is done is that the the secretary of the census or whatever the, the official is will go out during every year ending in zero, perform a census and then prepare a report to the government that says 
here is what we found out. Here is all of the data, the information. And then that report is used by uh, the congressional appoint- apportionment, whoever, bureaucracy. Uh, that report is then used to apportion House of Representative seats. So Biden has decided that after the census is already done, that he is directing the census director that, um, let's see, it is the policy of the United States that reapportionment shall be based on the total number of persons residing in the several states without regard for immigration status. Uh, the, the law does not permit the exclusion of inhabitants of the United States from the apportionment based solely on the ground that they quote lack a lawful immigration status. You mean don't live here? <laughs> yeah, or, or or shouldn't be here or snuck across the border. Yeah. Um, so he is very much going on and I, I went ahead and reread the 14th Amendment and I I mean there's there's an argument for it. He's going by the argument that the Constitution says everybody in the United States, not every legal citizen. Um Anyways, uh, so anyways, what inauguration, fucker, (laughs) inauguration, inauguration, inauguration. It's not hard to say. I just got the word totally wrong for some reason. And I'm not alone. That was so anyways on no agenda. Yeah. So this executive order directs the census to when the census, when he delivers the report, that the report shall include all people. In regardless of whether or not they're here legally, that's what it does. Now, that puts if if you are the person who just spent months and months conducting a census during lockdowns, trying to figure out how you are going to come up with it, and you finally came up with numbers as directed, and you've got your report and you're just about ready to deliver it, and the new guy comes in and says, "By the way, your report had better include all people." I don't know what that means. Does he fudge the numbers? Does he go and redo the whole fucking census? Well, now they were able on the last census. If I remember correctly, there was the question of, are you a legal American citizen on there? So the data should just be a simple, well, flip the switch. And if you were excluding the people that said no there, well, now you just include them. So it's probably not a big deal in that aspect. If that data is available. Well, I would assume yeah. it is because if that was, I believe that was one of the questions. I mean, I don't have the census in front of me, but I, if I remember correctly, that I don't know. Was I never filled it up because there was a lot of hubbub at the time. Like, oh, how dare you even ask that? So, I mean, if you're going to ignore the answer, I mean, I understand now exactly why the Democrats would, I mean, you would rather have that question on there because then you could ignore, ignore it yeah. rather than showing up at somebody's house and going, are you here legally? And they go, no. And you just go, see ya. I don't need your information then. So yeah, it's, it's kind of irrelevant and uh, it's what we expect because the Democrats have been doing this for years. They want to keep inflating the numbers because where do a majority of the people here illegally live in the big cities and yeah, why in California? <laughs> so yeah, it, more power it, for the Democrats. Cause uh, a California was due for the first time in its history to actually lose at least one house seat. Yeah. And it's complete uh, political bullcrap because if the people coming into the country illegally overall voted Republican, the Democrats would be the ones going, Oh no, no, no. Oh, it's certainly, it's definitely a political football. 
Uh, so let's see what else has has Biden done uh, to let's see he revoked the 1776 commission. Yeah, and the, the report on that I've read some of it. It's actually really interesting. So I mean, grab uh, a copy of that PDF from because yeah. it's, it's been already erased from the government servers, but it was quite interesting. Oh, I got I did, did yeah. I was trying to go. I I was pulling up my own show notes where I was linking to several of, you know, because I, I researched these when Trump came out with them and I was pulling my own show notes and the URLs in my show notes have all been broken. The people <laughs> who created the new white house.gov just straight up said, yeah, we're, you know, fuck you. Every single link that ever went to this site is broken. Uh, not only that, um, but the new white house.gov is run entirely with fucking JavaScript. Oh, that's not it, good. Yeah, you know, at least the Trump White House got one thing right. They fucking put up a page that had HTML in it and could be read by a normal browser without having to run third party code on my system. No, not the Biden people. And then I found the the uh, one comment in the source code of the site. I did have to look it up, said, quote, <laughs> if you're reading this, we need your help building back better. Yes. And then links to the job site i recommend by the way dude's name ben uh totally go sign up for that and put in a bunch of easter eggs like quotes from the bill of rights <laughs> things that they will try to uh outlaw yeah. sooner rather yeah, than yeah. later things that twitter would ban yeah yeah that's not a bad idea and we want to have people with uh logic and sanity in some of these jobs just so if the directive comes down that's like, hey, scrub this off the website. They're like, well, maybe I'll make a copy of this first and uh, and leak that somewhere else. Yeah. So, yeah, for, first rule of the World Wide Web is thou shalt not break links. But, man, they just decided to fuck it. We're going to every single link that, you know, even links to official presidential actions, which are still in effect have been completely scrubbed from the site entirely. I I mean, they're, they're still the law of the land until Biden gets around to revoking them, but they're gone from the website. Any, the official source link is gone. It goes to a 404 page. And the only clue that you get is at the very bottom of the 404 page, a little link that said uh, link to past administrations, white house websites. Yeah, and just to remind you, if you are on that bird site and you like to just follow the president of the United States and you had been following Trump, you need to go sign up again to follow that POTUS account because they booted everybody from following that account, which is still just odd to me. Unless they thought, although either way, it's going to be a slap in Biden's face because whether the account there's changed. no way he's going to get as many followers. right that's exactly it it's like if the account was changed hands and then a bunch of people would have dropped off of it they would have been like well that was embarrassing but resetting it's the same way it just makes it harder for him because there's a lot of trump people that have abandoned twitter that wouldn't go back just to unfollow that account so well, I mean, and and there are a lot fewer people who give a crap what biden says yeah i mean that's the one thing that is remember this zombie got 80 million votes but that doesn't mean 80 million people voted for him and even if it did they're not really hanging on his every word like people are with trump because a lot of people were following trump just to hate on trump there was a lot of that going on and say what you want (laughs) about the guy he was interesting biden not so much which i mean i'm all for a boring president. Don't get me wrong, but um, Joe may be just a little too zombie-like for me. 
So let's see what else did Biden do? He reinstated DACA. Um, I, I I didn't realize this. I probably should have. DACA have was apparently it was never a law. It was one of those many cases where Obama yes. went around Congress and just instituted policy and it had all the force of law, but it was an executive order. And therefore, Trump kind of erased it the same way. Well, Biden is now reinstating it the same way. Uh, he the, the term used was preserving and fortifying. OK, um, let's see. He uh, revoked several other Trump orders regarding federal regulation. Um, I don't know if you recall Trump put forth uh, a concerted effort to reduce the amount of deep state regulation going on to, you know, the because there are, uh, uh, you know, as everybody is pretty well aware of, there are more laws than you know, on the books and more more reasons why the the federal government or the U.S will point guns at you then the then anybody can read in a lifetime lawyers cannot possibly know all of the laws you have that's why lawyers now have to specialize in just tax law or just you know a, a corn law or something like that but um trump had created for example executive order 13771 which was one i particularly liked it was the one that requires that any time that a department wants to create a new regulation it must also propose at least two to be repealed not a bad idea i like that one yeah it was a great idea and biden completely erased that um biden also revoked numbers 13777 13875 13891 13892 13893 all of which were about cutting down bureaucracy um he is handing a huge gift to his fellow bureaucrats who of course all vote democrat well i would hope uh, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh oh here's a fun one um Memorandum to extend federal support to governor's use of the National Guard to respond to COVID-19 and to increase reimbursement and other assistance provided to states. Uh, short version of this. Um, normally, when a governor decides to call out the National Guard, the state has to foot most of the bill. Um, he Biden is deciding that anytime the state wants to call out the National Guard and they use the magic word COVID. The federal government, FEMA in particular, will fund 100% of that, which means that for the purposes of a local governor who wants to use the National Guard to enforce some kind of unconstitutional lockdown rule, it's now free. Interesting. I mean, of course, it's always good. If you're getting something free, I mean, you may as well use the service. So let's see how many are going to try that one out. He's invoking the Defense Production Act. Uh, We expected that. Uh, he is, um, speaking of the national guard, what did you think about, I mean, I don't, I, it was hard to tell from the video, but it seemed about 50% or so of the national guard troops as the Biden motorcade made its way to the stage there where he would be inaugurated, had their backs turned to the motorcade. I thought this was very, I mean, it would have been nicer, although I don't know which uh, vehicle Biden was in and where this video was being taken from. I was wondering if the Biden vehicle, as it got up to these National Guard troops, if they were doing that whole Klingon thing where they just, you know, all turned their backs in unison. But it seems like they were trying to make a point, which uh, was interesting to me because everybody wants you know, well, Trump doesn't have any support. Uh, it seems like Trump's got a lot of support. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they do. And as a narrative, I love it. But at the same time, I think that there are simpler explanations like, uh, 
when whenever you are in enemy territory, you need to watch all angles. And some of them just had to scan the the crowd, the throngs of 80 million people who all gathered to see him. I, no, I that know. wasn't how it I mean, they were just going down and then like platoon after platoon. Some, somebody had to watch the flags to make sure that none <laughs> of them rose up and tried to assassinate the, the new guy. You never know. The know. only thing that I know, and I didn't watch a lot of video of it uh, because, frankly, the whole thing disgusted me. The only thing that I know is, uh, the, you know, for for having received the most votes of any president in history, um, yeah. being sworn in uh, by effectively, uh, you know, under military guard in a city that they had to clear out and, you know, strict lockdown of the entire city no civilians allowed anyway it it very much looked like the it, it looked like the the dictator of a banana republic yeah being brought in by the military and and this of course in you know talking about imminent threats and everything in what is arguably the most democrat city in the entire country well okay yes but what about uh I mean, we have to then talk about at some point today, Portland, which Antifa also arguably. Yes. If you're going to go like the most uh, Democrat liberal cities rioting in Portland and attacking the DNC office. I mean, this is this is interesting news, but you're absolutely right. The inauguration looked like something out of a banana republic. It looked like something. I mean, we, we talked about the story uh where it was at a life hack or something I, like this inauguration is going to be different than any other it's like well yes the military yeah. presence for one was i, I don't think i don't think kim jong-un could have put forth a more dictatorial show of military force for no. his government and the interesting thing was when the capital riots happened Everybody in charge was like, oh, my God, no, 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 nobody could have predicted this. We didn't see this one coming. But now now we're going to have all of this violence. Of course they saw it coming. Uh Of course they saw it coming. They planned it. Well, they the people that were in charge of protecting the building, obviously, were were so just very were the ones who let the Antifa people in. Yeah, we know. So they planned it. Surprised by what was going on. But. Bill O'Reilly, when they had said, well, there's going to be all this violence on Inauguration Day, he's like, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. He's like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't see it. And you know how much violence there was on Inauguration Day around the country? None. Zero. Didn't see one news report, which means it was the quietest day <laughs> in the history of the country. In, in fact, to, you know, again, the, the key word there is news report. Yes. Uh, as far as the news is concerned, nobody even shot anyone else in Chicago. <laughs> it, was, it was that quiet of a day. We all just yeah. sat around friendly with each other for one day because Joe called yeah. for unity. Yes. Yes, he did. Um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to take issue with with you a little bit on that one. You said in this latest random thoughts and you were you were very uh, you you were very nice to the <laughs> the incoming occupant of the White House. Um, and you, you said, among other things, you're like, I'm, he, he's calling for unity. I want to give him an opportunity to show that. And I'll tell you what, having read all of these uh, executive orders this morning and last night, um, he had his opportunity and he already blew it. It seems like it. That may be possible. That may be possible. 
I just figured it's time to hit the reset button on dealing with Joe Biden and what he's done in the past because his record speaks a completely different story than what he ran on. And I think once you reach Uh that level, you now have a decision to make as Joe Biden for whatever his mental abilities are, his cognitive abilities are right now. He has the ability, the ability to decide what he wants his presidency to be. And he doesn't have to worry about running again. I mean, he does maybe, but he's old enough where I don't think a lot of people think in four years he's going to be anywhere able to run again, even if he is still the president. And I do believe that can change if the way he's still you deal. alive. Right. If he's still alive, that would be a big thing. But if he really wanted unity, he had the ability to make this happen with a few specific things. One, he could have said, look, I understand where the Trump voters are coming from. I understand what happened in this election. I, you could say, hey, I believe that everything was done fairly and we are the actual winners, unlike what President Trump said. But he could have said, stop this impeachment bullshit. That would have been the first move to say, we really want unity. I want to reach out to those who voted for Donald Trump and say, we want an end to this. I don't care what anybody else in my party says. He could have said, Schumer, sit down and shut the hell up. Pelosi, shut up, sit down. And Joe could have actually taken some control. I mean, Joe, I don't know if you realize this. You're the president of the United States. You are now the most powerful person in the free world. You can tell these people whatever the hell you want, and you will be judged on this. And that was just my point. I'm not going to go by what he's done in the past. We're going to see what he does moving forward. I don't think he has any idea what he signed, but we'll see kind of where he goes moving forward. But he could have done a few simple things. And I think a big one would also have been, you know what? I'm going to assign somebody to investigate this election just to prove that we won fairly. And you know what? If the results came back in any other way, he's still president. It's not going to affect him. And it would actually help the democracy that we have here, the Democratic Republic. But, you know, Joe hasn't done that yet either. Yeah. Funny thing is that didn't appear in any of the 26 uh, executive orders I read. Uh, (laughs) Uh, there, there actually, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw a bone. There was one in here. I actually liked, um, I don't know how much this means, but this one is executive order on ethics commitments by executive branch personnel. And it is a, uh, a, it is a pledge that he's asking everybody in the executive branch to take this pledge. Uh, the pledge will uh say you know it says you know i will not do this i will not do this and in particular um it is a ban on uh lobbyist gifts nobody in the executive branch uh, according to this everybody in the executive branch pledges not to accept gifts from lobbyists um everybody uh there there are a large number of sections in uh, various specific cases where it says uh there will not be a revolving door most of them are uh, it, with within a period of two years after leaving government, I will not go work in the same industry where I was regulating, uh, or uh, or you know I will not you know if I get hired out of industry, I will not for at least two years have anything to do in government with the the things that I was working on in private. Okay, you know the 
this is a good idea. Uh, again, I don't know how effective it would be. Um, there is a ban on a golden parachute, which I didn't understand the term, but as it was written in there, it seems to be apparently companies were were setting up payouts for any, you know, like severance payouts when you leave the company for anybody who immediately takes a job in government, which is unethical as fuck. A little bit. Um, and, uh, and then there is an employment qualification commitment where it says, quote, I agree that hiring any hiring or other employment decisions I make will be based on the candidate's qualifications, competence, and experience. Wait, and wait, wait, not, not the color not of their skin or what their well, sexual orientation you know, is. I, I did wonder about that because he definitely has some, some sexual orientation and color of the skin things in here. But this one in particular stood out because it did not appear to fit with all of the other ones, which all the other ones were progressive wet dream and a race Trump. And I, this one actually, uh, again, I don't know how enforceable this is and I don't know if it's going to change anything, but it at least points to, you know, this, this is trying to, bring back some ethics into government, which is sorely lacking. And I got to give it to, you know, maybe, you know what it is? This was probably just happened to be on the desk in the Oval Office. Trump was about to release it and he accidentally signed it with all the others. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Somebody slipped one in. I mean, I did love all of the memes that were going around about the letter that Donald J. Trump left for Joseph or was Robin A. Biden. I mean, interesting middle name, Joe. Oh, the letter that he left and Joe just made the comment that it was a generous letter. So, I mean, that was at least a, uh, a good sign, but the memes going around were the letter was just Joe comma, you know, I won signed Donald Trump. And <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. That I could, and I could see him doing that, leaving that I, just I, walking I, out the door. I mean, I, I would argue that yes, everybody around Joe certainly knows that Trump won and that's the, the best, you know, the, the most kept secret in the White House these days. I'm not sure Joe knows what day of the week it is. I'm still not convinced. I was surprised at the inauguration that he spoke well. He only really stumbled over a line once and he realized he did it and he then repeated the line. So, I mean, that is a positive thing, because as I've said before, I want Joe Biden to get through these four years. I don't want Kamala Harris in a year, two, three. I want Joe to get through this. And I'm also not going to root well, against Joe Biden. He is the I, president. I, I think that you have that in common with most of the Democrats also is most a lot of them <laughs> do not want Kamala in charge. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure that they've they've stepped up his IV drip of whatever kind of fountain of youth. Stuff. Like, please, please, Joe, just survive as well. They should. And I thought it was interesting because, of course, to swear in Kamala Harris was Justice Sotomayor, who said her name incorrectly, which I just thought was. Oh, was in other words, she was swearing in the other person. Maybe because she I guess the emphasis and I'm not even sure, you know, which one's correct anymore. But I believe she called her Kamala and it's actually Kamala or she either way. The, it was the other way she yeah. screwed up. And then when Harris reset it, she said it the other way, the proper way, but obviously. I, I've heard Harris say it both ways, which is also very confusing. I mean, she also again, claims the very that she's first time I ever the very. Yeah, well, she she somehow conveniently was able to change her race in the last couple of years. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, the, 
the very first time I ever heard that name, it was on no agenda. And uh, Adam made the really obvious joke and called her Kamalto. Yeah. When that's just, that's just rude. It is, but I thought it was funny anyway. <laughs> so I had to bring it back and it will, I mean, you know, again, there's always derogatory stuff towards the other side and I get it. I mean, politics is such you're a just dirty sucking game. Up, you're sucking up now that you know that John C. Dvorak is listening to our show, aren't you? No, no, not at oh. all. And actually, I think he. that's good that he's been listening to the last few episodes because that means he's at least thinking about joining us here for an episode of Grumpy Old Benz. He's just trying to get caught up on a few of the in jokes and stuff like that, you know, like saying inauguration, which is now a thing. Yes. I dig it. But which apparently, apparently our discussion of it last show where we just called it a a mispronunciation and moved on with our lives was right. uh, we didn't discuss it in any kind of intellectual way. Right. Because I was an idiot and have been saying the word wrong. And I don't know why I've been saying it wrong, but I did like that when I handed the show over from the rock and roll pre-show to no agenda when they were doing their show live. Adam said he had my back, that he had other evidence that I was not saying it wrong, just starting a trend. And there were some of the memes yes. that were going around. And I'm like, this is great. I've turned into a meme. I'm not going to be you know, sad about that. I'm like, I got clipped on no agenda. Sure. The clip was one thing of me saying something stupid. But the reality is I talk on the Internet for uh, about, what, five hours uh, a week. I'm going to say stupid stuff at some point. I'm going to get some that, stuff wrong. And there are worse things to be turned into. <laughs> that is true. When you're a meme that you bring some extra people over to grumpy old Ben's, but politics has gotten that way to where it is just vicious on both sides. And while I understand it, I don't want to be a part of that. I know there's a lot of people who already viciously hate Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I don't. There were a lot of people that hated Barack Obama. I don't. I mean, I don't agree with his policies, but if I met the guy at a ball game, as I've said before, I would be more than happy to sit next to the guy, have a beer uh, and have a conversation. Hate is a very strong emotion. And I, I think that uh, to the detriment, there are a lot of people nowadays who who not only toss the term around, but also freely toss hate around in ways that are particularly self-damaging. I don't think it's healthy to hold hate for people for most reasons it, it, if you if you put that much emotion into something you're not going to come out the same on the other end uh so hating biden yeah i'm i'm definitely going to have to agree with you that that's not worth it um i do however i can promise to show him exactly the level of respect that his party showed the previous president <laughs> which is none that that i i will show him the appropriate amount of respect which is so that's the question really so when does this game reset is it only when the next republican wins and the democrat doesn't the democratic side does not treat that person as they have donald trump and george w bush for people that remember george w bush was not treated all that differently than donald trump but now he's like best buddies with uh you know michelle and barack and sure. it, it's a weird game but is I mean, that what they have in common is being deep state lizard people well oh yeah politicians i mean the politicians yeah. are not that different which is where donald trump was we've discussed that being not a swamp dweller being not a career politician he was not somebody that anybody wanted in that that's in the politics game wanted to see win now the public oh they loved it 
because he was somebody coming in from the outside. And I would hope to see that this was a trend being started there because there are a lot of people out there who aren't career politicians that would be very good, very well suited to be president. But is that when this game of hating the other side stops? Do we, because you're, as you just said, I'm going to treat Joe Biden exactly like they treated Donald Trump or give him that much respect, which was none. Is the only way for this game to reset? Is this in the hands, and God forbid, of the Democrats out there to actually treat a Republican politician well? Is that where we, we're at? I don't think the game ends. So it never no, will. Not, not without, well, not without some kind of political upheaval that we have not seen before. And it, it, it looks like we're, we're descending right back into the, the aristocracy, the swamp economics of Obama's era, where there is the ruling class and then there are the proletariat class and the ruling class get to do whatever they want and shut up slave for the rest of us. And if, if, if a Biden administration results in the Obama era coming back, then no, this never ends. Uh, the only thing that I think would would particularly end this, and I'm I for one don't believe that unity is possible in in today's United States. Uh, I you can call for it all you want, although man, those words ring hollow when you call for unity and then you perform a bunch of really divisive shit as your first act in. Well, in the office, you know, but, the political actions, I think, are completely different. And I say I would disagree there that you could say, well, hey, you know, we disagree there. It's depending how you treat the other side, not the fact that you want to steamroll your policies. in. that's just the way politics works, I mean, especially when you have the House and the Senate and the presidency. But the point then would be for Joe Biden, rather than doing this. In the way that he did, if you really wanted to give the illusion of unity is you could have put all of these things out there as bills, as legislation and gotten input from both sides. Well, that would certainly have been would have been a little bit more constitutional because I really would like to see these presidential mandates, these presidential actions. Less and less, because I think it is a runaround. And we've had people argue this for years, especially, like you said, since the Obama administration, that there's a certain I understand there are certain times where it has to be done, because in the United States, there's one thing that's always true, and that is politics moves slowly. So I get it. There's something that needs to be done quickly, a presidential decree, whatever. That makes sense. But otherwise. Let the idiots elected do their job and and not sure how quickly this is going to go, because I I assure you, this is not the last you've heard on any one of these topics. For one thing, uh, two thirds of these executive orders are going to be challenged, if for no other reason than to see if John Roberts completely reverses his position that he had four years ago, where he said that executive orders can't be revoked. Right. Which I mean, hey. Trump going out the door could have had a lot of fun. And you know, you know what kind of a racist Donald Trump is? I mean, when it I've comes, heard. Yeah. When it comes to this immigration stuff, Donald Trump on the way out the door did an executive order that said nobody of Venezuelan descent 
can be deported to Venezuela for at least the next 18 months. I mean, what a horrible racist person because of the upheaval, because of what's going on in Venezuela. It is a country that is literally going down the toilet drain. Yeah, but but Biden did way farther than that. He said that no one can be deported for any reason whatsoever. And that if people want in, we just open the borders and invite everyone in. That's way less racist. You know, he said that, but then a caravan started and they start approaching <laughs> the United States and Biden's people are like, oh, wait, no, 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 go back. Go, not yet. No, no, not yet. Go back. Go back. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how people then react to this kind of stuff. Like I said, this is where Joe Biden is going to make or break his presidency because you're already seeing people on the left trying to strong arm him and he oh, yeah. may not give in to them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, the, the, the left side of the political spectrum is not a, you know, the, the right side of the, the political spectrum is, is kind of fractured because there are a, you know, believe it or not, there are more than two types of human in the world and more than two political opinions. Uh, but on the right, there is at least one unifying idea, which is we're OK with the status quo. That's kind of what conservative means. And that, uh, hey, everything is fine. Let's just not make waves. I mean, that's it's kind of a unifying idea. The left has no unifying idea like that other than uh, we don't like the status quo and we need things to change. And the left is extremely terrifying when they are in the. We must tear down the status quo in order to change things. But inevitably, every single time that the that the progressive ideas of let's tear down the status quo wins, it immediately fractures into groups that all have fundamental disagreements on what the new status quo should be. And we're absolutely going to see that. And it's going to be fantastic to watch, but really kind of scary. Well, yeah, I mean, you're seeing it in Portland when they're attacking the DNC. And I heard I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything to back this up. So everybody, as always, don't believe everything we say. Do your own homework. But I heard one of the reasons they were so mad in Portland was that Kamala Harris just wasn't progressive enough. And I think that's hilarious. Now she's hardly even black. I know. I mean, this is an intriguing thing to look at because I'm sure the Democrats felt like. Oh, you know, and when they were when they were uh, swearing her in, I mean, I liked Amy Klobuchar. Oh, God, I, that woman speaking just gives me the nails on the chalkboard, just her voice. And I don't know why. But when she's like, it's our first, you know, Asian American vice president, our first, you know, black vice president, woman of whatever she introduced us, just like, again, can't we just have a person? I mean, why are we focusing all of a sudden? on gender and race again because it doesn't focus so racist on gender and race cause the problems rather than we're just treating everybody equally i mean it's demo dick marchinko author the guy that started seal team six always said i treat everybody just the same just like shit and i think that's pretty much a better way to go than Dar elevating Darren. people yes I hate to say this, but your white privilege is showing. Yeah, I know. It's just so much wanting people to be judged by their actions and their capabilities. No. I know that's horrible. No, we, we definitely don't want that. And, and neither does Biden, or at least according to the executive order on advancing racial equity that he signed. Um, 
it uh, create, which by the way, creates a working group. This is another theme that I saw amongst a lot of these executive orders. Uh, it cre- he creates a ton of working groups and committees and task forces. Every Ooh. single one of them. How do we get is, on it, one of these working groups or task forces? Well, you first of all, you have to be uh, you have to be in a correct position for nepotism. You have to be a, a leftist who has been supporting Biden through his entire, and and you have to be the next one up. Can't I just be like Joe's long lost third cousin or something? Well, you might be able to convince him, but it's the people <laughs> around him that appoint these committees. I'm pretty sure. Damn it. Um, this one, by the way, this might be the most horrible thing that he's done. It creates a legal basis for critical race theory. Um, it revokes several Trump executive orders, uh, which includes, uh, you know, combating race and sex stereotyping in the federal government. Uh, it, it revokes the 1776 commission, which was the thing that removed critical race theory from schools. So he is totally putting critical race theory right back into teaching your kids if if you have a child and that child's skin color happens to be pale, then your schools are now entirely authorized by the federal government to teach your child to hate themselves. Um, the uh, it it uh, let's see. Oh, the term equity in this case, he actually defined equity. So I was going to read this. It means the consistent and systematic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals. Sound good so far? Sure. I'm loving it. Including individuals who belong to underserved communities that have been denied such treatment, such as black, Latino, and indigenous and Native American persons, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders, and other persons of color, members of religious minorities, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer LGBTQ plus persons, persons with disabilities, Persons who live in rural areas and persons who otherwise adversely affected by persistent poverty or inequality. Where's my money? Yeah, that sounds like everybody. I mean, isn't isn't being an Irish Catholic now? Isn't that like I'm a minority? So no, no, no. White dudes are still excluded. Oh, come on. But I no, I, 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 I see myself more as a black woman. So, I mean, that's how I, I identify. Do I get on better no. lists that way? So the I mean, the one thing that stood out there just is uh, you should be able to stop at fair, just and impartial treatment of all individuals. You should be able to stop right there. Yeah. But when you then go on to list all of these, then, you know, whenever I see that in in a manifesto, whenever I see that in an open source code of conduct, every time that I see somebody say something like. Everybody should be equal, including and then list 12 other groups in all text that should not need to be there. That is a huge sign that we believe these groups to be more equal than others. Well, I mean, it's obvious because, I mean, if you look around the United States of America, there are no successful black men and women. Right. I mean, can you even name one? Um, Only because I don't follow the NBA, I'm going to say no. <laughs> I, See, now I, that I, is racist right there. Uh, that is showing your white privilege. What about Damon John, businessman, entrepreneur, the star of Shark Tank? What about Kanye? What about, uh, you know, there's, there's, I mean, they, granted, they, you all, go, yeah. they all occupy the same place in my thought space as any other fucking celebrity. <laughs> but there which are, is, I don't care. <laughs> there are plenty a very Trust me, there are a great many very successful white people that I also don't care about. Yes. And there's there's a lot of successful people of every 
size, shape, and color in business in the United States that have made a career out of nothing. We talked about that with Charlemagne the God, the radio host, when he had on, uh, well, he had Hillary on, and then he had Joe Biden, who told him that was the guy. He said, you weren't black if you don't vote for Joe Biden. And we talked about Charlemagne, that he was a kid who was always in trouble, in and out of juvie, was in jail or something. His mom finally bailed him out, and he decided he was going to make something of himself, start working at a radio station. Now he makes way more millions of dollars in one year than I will ever make. But I know this is a racist country that if you're black, you don't have the opportunity to succeed. And to that, I'll keep saying bullshit. This is a country that is based upon working and doing what you can to make your life better. And you know what? If you sit on your ass and do nothing, you're not going to be successful. But if you actually want to be successful, I mean, that's why it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You are not guaranteed happiness, assholes. Wake up and smell the napalm. Uh, Go tell it to your teacher's union. Those are the people who are now going to be teaching your child. Oh, my God. In the National Review, there was just an article. I haven't even gotten through it about what's going on here in Illinois, how it is the most woke school system that the shit they're trying to pass next month is going to just be an absolute nightmare. But I digress. That'll be for another show, I'm sure. Yeah, I I have no doubt that it'll come out. I I I do like it when you rant for for a couple of reasons. One is pee? it makes me feel like I'm not the only unhinged person. But two <laughs> is it gives me opportunity to go take a leak. You can tell. You so you can tell when I'm on a roll that you're like, okay, I've got at least ninety seconds here. I'm yeah, unfortunately, gonna... you sprung that one about fifteen minutes early. <laughs> well, see, I mean, you could still you could still empty early. Just empty the tank. So. uh Proclamation on ending discriminatory bans on entry to the United States. This one stood out to me. Um, it, it it didn't seem that unreasonable per se, but it stood out to me because you know every one of these follows the same format where there's opening paragraphs of rhetoric, and then I always try to page down to section two, which is the place where the actual policy is being listed. Um, the policy is that um, they are. Well, it is revoking uh, executive order 13780, which was uh, the protecting the nation from foreign terrorist entry into the United States or as the leftist media called the Muslim ban, even though it had nothing to do with nationality or it had nothing to do with religion or right. race. It was all about what countries did you come from? Right. And where um, the, the highest risks are. I mean, it's really you could treat it the same yeah. way as covid, but that would make too much sense. and would be logical. Yeah, th- this was Trump looking at, OK, these are the countries that all of our terrorists seem to come from. So we're going to make it harder for people to get in from those countries. That was kind of what Trump was. doing. Well, this revokes that um, it, it. He says, uh, uh, quote, I, I, <laughs> this was, by the way, the last quote in the whole thing, um, quote, our national security will be enhanced by revoking the executive order and proclamations. Yeah, so he is enhancing our national security by loosening by security, loosening the security. It's kind of yes. like you're making racism better by putting more racism in. That might be exactly the logic. Uh, so what does it actually do? Well, it, it revokes the increased scrutiny put on particular countries uh, and, and, you know, countries that, as New York Times is very quick to point out, were predominantly Muslim. The word predominantly is just, I mean, that's, that's a, a signal that you're about to say something fucking racist, but, uh, 
um, it will. The other thing that it does is it automatically resubmits visa applications for anyone whose visa was denied based on one of these executive orders. Now, if you are of the opinion that it is unreasonable to keep people out based on they just happen to come from countries that have a lot of Muslims in it, then in in those conditions, this is a very reasonable thing to do it says we're going to stop the increased scrutiny and we're going to resubmit the visa it's not i, I the only reason i say this i was reading it was it was the, the fucking blaze i was reading an article where a commentator went out and said well he's just gonna biden's just gonna automatically admit everybody from the terrorist countries now that that wasn't what was happening and um it's it's resubmitting the application and then it goes through the same scrutiny as anyone else However, if you are of the opinion that maybe we should use uh, some kind of uh, math or statistics and uh, try to increase scrutiny on people who come from countries that historically have sent us a lot of terrorists, then um, Biden is is clearly making us safer, I guess. Sure. I I mean, I don't get the logic, but uh, (laughs) but sure. I mean, again, this is all about optics. This is we don't want to be the president that's going to say no to anybody, although, as we've already said, when it came to this caravan already heading our way on Inauguration Day was wait, 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 no, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. So I don't know why Joe is holding him back, but I think it may have something to do with ideology colliding with the reality, which is there are a whole lot of people in this country who are currently unemployed businesses not open because of COVID-19 and having a whole rush of new people come in is detrimental to the country. And this could backfire on the Democrats because I do think what really sends people out to vote one way or the other, I mean, assuming elections are fair, is the money coming into their pockets. And if you see a whole bunch of new people coming into the country and you're not employed, you're going, well, then who's paying for all of this? And the answer is you are. Congratulations. Yes. There is a lot of evidence. And, and this goes this goes straight to the the classic left versus right argument about immigration. But there is a lot of evidence that immigration, that unchecked immigration is one of the direct proximate causes to the collapse of a culture and uh see also europe um they are way ahead of us with regards to places that have decided to just implement unchecked immigration as many people as want can come in from wherever right if you're and, in the eu you're in the eu i mean on uh, you know, on the other side uh you need you need some immigration for several reasons, not least of which being simple population control. If you have no immigration whatsoever, your population will ultimately start to shrink unless you can crank that birth rate up. But in modern worlds, birth rate is, is a little rough. Uh, so you need some. The other is uh, a culture will stagnate. If you don't have any immigration, you need a trickle of new ideas. The ideal situation for any country is to admit Smart people, high quality people, you know, scientists, engineers, artists, uh, people who are going to contribute to culture from other places. Yes. And 
when when you do that, you enrich your culture, you add productive members of society. It's it's win win. And you necessarily need to keep it a little bit low because unchecked immigration means that uh, the people will come in. They will form blocks. They will not integrate. They will vote as as a block against what the existing people do. Uh, this creates division. It creates cultural strife. It's no good if you have limited integration like you know, less than a couple percentage points a year, then anybody who comes in has no choice but to integrate into the society which they've gone to, which you can call it horrible on any number of of individual cultural levels. But for the perspective of keeping an area's culture from fracturing on the inside, it's pretty much necessary. New immigrants have to be able to integrate or or you're going to corrupt your culture from the inside and that's i i don't know why i ended up going into a, a whole argument about immigration in general but that seems to be the it feels like that's almost the end goal is we we want to fracture our culture by creating a a new culture of immigrants and an old culture of people who've been here and don't let them mix well, it is know. a lot of it is resource management. I don't think there's any question about that. It's resource management. And if you believe that there are people who want to bring a complete collapse of the capitalist system, and there are people that are in the government now, like AOC, that want this to happen, then you understand it. Because if you bring millions of new people into the country and you promise to pay their health care and give them universal basic income or something like that, well, then where is where are those resources coming from? And that is the question that is never answered quite well for people that think one of these societies can actually work. But that is the question. It's all about resource well, management. Taxes, duh. You just make up free money. Yeah, but the people aren't paying taxes. That is the problem. No, <laughs> no. The, the established people are paying taxes because you. I mean, you can squeeze them a little harder. It's not like they'll rise up. Right, right. No, they'll you, just you all did leave just the country. Remind me, you did just remind me of a great example, which proves the point I was just making, which is uh, the the Minneapolis area where, uh, was it Somalis? Yes. They, they ended up having some uh, unchecked immigration and brought in so many people as to create a block, and you ended up with Elon Omar. Who is uh, you? You can argue that she is completely and correctly representing her constituency, but you, she is divisive as fuck, and is one of the things is one of the representatives of a force that is going to destroy any chance at unity. You asked me a few minutes ago what I thought was going to be necessary to get to unity, and. Uh, it, for one thing, it, it's going to require the removal of a whole lot of people who are unwilling to compromise. And I can name a ton of names on the left. I could, I could probably also come up with names on the right. Um, I can also come up with the names of podcasters who are sitting here shouting into a microphone and saying, you know, not in my backyard and keep the hell away and, and, you know, get, get all these stupid lefties off of my left coast. But, um, you know, how do we get to unity? How, how do we it's not even unity I'm concerned about. How do we get to a stable culture? Right. How do you um, get to civility before unity? I, well, <laughs> that might be the trick. Um, That might even be possible. But 
I am of the opinion that uh, unity is not possible in the United States anymore. And uh, without some severe political upheaval, which I don't see coming. Well, and a lot of it is, I believe, and I know we, this is the whipping boy and it's easy to say, but social media has taken millions of people in the United States that would normally be not involved in politics at all and have given them a voice and to the detriment well yeah of the it's society. it's given them given them talking points and things to be outraged about and almost no information whatsoever and then told them go out be a political activist now yes activism is a little bit of a different thing and while it's good for people to be actively involved with the government of their country the people on social media are not actually is it, is it too much to ask that activists be informed it seems to be because that is the craziest thing about this, which is how we knew so many of these things and probably on both sides. But the ones that, you know, I could point to more readily are the leftist riots, the leftist protests, where when you had one of these man on the street interviewers go out and ask them questions. You know, I remember like a bunch of school kids who were out at one of these protests for something and they're like, so what are you out here for? to get the day off of school yeah but what what are you out here for i don't know our teachers brought us you know and that was it that you know that is the most rational person in that entire crowd by the way right we got the day off we was either sit in class or come hold a sign that says i don't know meat is murder what is it whatever it says i don't care yeah yeah the orange man bad yeah yes yeah so it's, it's good for people to be actively taking part in the discourse it is not helpful as you said, when people have talking points and they scream those, and if they say a talking point and you ask them a pointed, much more nuanced question about that talking point, they, and then they, they just scream how to louder. Answer. Right. They just yeah, scream well, louder. They, they don't know That's how to it. answer. Scream. Scream is the only answer they know how to do because they learned they learned political argument. They learned how to do do political discussion from CNN and, and MSNBC and Rachel Maddow. and. And the people whose entire idea of political conversation is not ask pointed questions and respond with nuanced answers. It is shout as loud as you can so that the other person can't be heard and then you win. Yeah. And well, you can silence the other person, too, if you control. Yes. And that's that. And, and that really is is the, the problem. How, how do you want how do you get political unrest? Well, you, you do a really great job by silencing the other side rather than addressing what they have to say. Um, um, election fraud. Right. Because that there was no evidence whatsoever of that. I mean, in every story yeah. I read it, and it, I want it, I want to start blocking all of these sites, but then I couldn't do any tech news whatsoever. Yeah. If you had to block every site that was like, oh, well, yeah, they, they said there was election fraud, which was debunked. It's like, well, no, the election fraud was never debunked. I hate to it, tell it, you. It was the, the evidence was never presented in any official capacity. Yes. There was no investigation in any yeah. official capacity. As I said at the top and, of this show, if Joe if Biden, Biden would have just come out, Yeah. If, he, if it, Joe would have just said, I want to look into this election because I want to make sure that this is all done correctly for the American people. He would have won points on both sides, but no. Yeah. And under the assumption that he honestly believes he won the election fairly, then pretending like the 
fraud allegations don't exist or have no merit with no investigation is only feeding the conspiracy theories and the divisiveness and and giving people more reason not to trust you, which means under the assumption that Biden thinks he won fairly, it is both pragmatic and fair to open an investigation to put the entire rumors to rest. Right. However, if Biden knows goddamn well that he won illegitimately, then what he's doing right now is the only thing he can do is shut up, shut it up, hope it goes away and make sure that nobody ever thinks about it anymore. Because if, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, uh, well, okay, I'm making a big assumption here. And that is, I'm assuming that people, that the political strategists are thinking logically, right? which they really under that assumption, the only solid reason why you would deny the whole thing exists rather than have any and ending and avoid any form of investigation is you, if you know that the investigation can only hurt. Yeah, that would seem to make sense because I can tell you, well, it's kind of like if you watch the show Pawn Stars, which I can't believe has been around for like 18 seasons now, when somebody brings in an item and sometimes you can immediately tell like, oh, no, that's not really autographed or that's not legitimate. You know, yeah. whatever they're passing yeah, it like off the, to be. The watercolors are still wet. Right, right. Whatever they're trying to pass it off as, you can usually tell by the reaction when they're like, yeah, was it okay if I bring in an expert? Well, the people that are like, hell yeah, bring in an expert. And the ones that are like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's fine if you don't believe me. Well, that's what's going on in politics right now. Joe Biden's oh, yeah. going, well, do we, I don't, we don't really need an expert. You believe me right now. If you really thought everything was on the up and up, you'd be like, hell yeah. I want my name to go down in history as the guy that was the clear winner of this, that the guy that made sure elections were fair in the United States of America. And I understand the optics on both sides. So don't get me wrong. I understand why this would be a political nuclear bomb. But as I said, Mr. Biden, you've reached the highest level you can. So there's what repercussions are there going to be if you find out something you don't like? I mean, they're not taking the presidency away. Well, the some of the Republicans might get angry with him and say hurtful things. Well, well, yeah, I mean, politics is filled with hurtful things. And we know yeah. now that unlike when we grew up, when sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt yeah. me. Now, names are the worst things you can do to somebody. Words. Oh, yes. Words are dangerous. So do you want to talk about masks? Why is there? Why do we want to talk about the Joe because Biden mask are, mandate? Because there are two specific Biden executive orders about masks. And yeah. I have a theory as to why this is split up into two of them. Well, uh, we we, all, we know that he's already been breaking his own mandates for some. That photo was ops. fantastic. Yeah. The, the photo op at the Lincoln Memorial only hours. OK, so uh, executive order on protecting the federal workforce and requiring mask wearing. Uh, on duty or on site federal employees, on site federal contractors and other individuals, which I guess means you and I in federal buildings and on federal lands should all wear masks, maintain physical distances and adhere to other public health measures as provided in CDC guidelines, which, by the way, elevates, quote, CDC guidelines uh, to the force of law. You will get shot if you don't follow the guidelines. I'm, I'm not sure that the CDC is owed that much allegiance, but there it is. Um, federal lands means any land under executive branch control. Um, uh, 
They, uh, but on federal lands, I, I think you would argue that the Lincoln Memorial counts as either a federal building or on federal land. Yeah, of course. Well, um, both Biden and Harris were seen in a photo op at the Lincoln Memorial only hours after signing this order with no masks. Oh, well, then I mean, there's there's a harsh penalty for not wearing the mask, right? Uh, well, this thing doesn't actually uh, it doesn't mention penalties, nor does it have any teeth because it's not a yeah. law. Well, then and, and that's the more. Well, OK, um, it's a suggestion. So, so the. Um, other, the federal employees and on-site federal contractors, it absolutely has teeth because as I mentioned, all of these executive orders are directing agency heads who do report to the president to institute policies that, and then blah. And it, it, this is telling your boss's 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 boss that his boss wants him to enforce mask wearing. And that is absolutely possible. Um, it, it, the it actually includes uh the military under federal employees by the way they are um but they are not exempted which means by the way if we have a war zone then all of our military are now going to be forced to go into combat with no oxygen but um i i'm sure that that's probably you know when if the chinese invade that might be exactly what the democrats want that may be an exception though i mean if the chinese i don't know is that written in if the Chinese are invading and you can leave your masks at home, then. Well, I, I no, I think if the Chinese invade, then the Democrats want the U.S. government to just let them stand down, stand down. Yeah. We need um, our iPhones. So uh, it's not going to be entirely clear if the quote other individuals in federal buildings are is is particularly constitutional, but I guarantee it's enforceable. There are people at federal buildings who have guns and who do not take shit from anybody but Antifa. And, um, you know, federal lands, uh, I, I guarantee you, uh, it, it would be in violation of this order for me to go out to the, the national park, Mount Rainier National Park and go stand on the mountain wearing a, without wearing a mask. Um, not really enforceable. Uh, but I, if you're out in the national forest and a park ranger stumbles by, he might be able to, uh, do whatever it is the park rangers do in terms of enforcement. Speak sternly to you. I don't know. Yeah. Again, there's, there's no consequences that are necessarily outlined if you're found there. Um, but I, you know, the, the federal building thing, at least, I mean, security just won't let you in. I mean, if it's like Um, a hot uh, park ranger, you can maybe ask for a spanking or something. I don't know. So the 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 first thing that I noticed about this was the CDC guidelines and elevating CDC guidelines to saying every time CDC issues a guideline, which is is we think this is a good idea if you want your you know, that's that's what it's always been. Well, now it's these are all enforceable, period. Um, There is no definition of what a mask is. I just thought that was interesting. It's uh, anything that covers your face, I guess. Oh, it, it doesn't say in the executive order there. They're, and again, this, this is the kind of thing where an agency head would then create a policy around it. But until I read that policy, far as I'm concerned, uh, my my mustache and beard, it covers enough of my face to qualify. Um <laughs> uh, and uh, the other thing, Adam pointed this out on on no agenda yesterday, but I wanted to confirm there is no end date. You remember that 100 days thing? Yeah. Yeah. If we're lucky. Well, yeah, that's uh, the only sec- the start. That is only the start of it, because that's how Joe Biden wants the United States, as we talked about in the last episode, to become California. And I, when I, Larry was on with us a few shows ago and I told him there is a company 
in his city there in L.A. that supposedly makes some really good cookies. And I want to order some for Larry and his family. And they were closed. And I said, well, they were supposed to, you know, at least through the 19th or whatever it was. So I looked the other day and again, it was another week and it's going to be another week and another week. They're never going to open because of this stuff. And it is just so detrimental for business. I don't even understand what's going on, why they can't go in to their bakery and make cookies. I mean, how dangerous can it be? Um, you know, my wife's been working. I mean, although one of her friends just got COVID, it's a, sm- a small office she works in. The boss, the guy that owns the company, knowingly came in sick. I'm like, there's a lawsuit there. That's now. I'm yeah, not I'm normally talking. the litigious type for you know somebody yeah, at work got that's sick. That's fucking cool. No, that's not cool at all. And I guess you know her, her Kim's friend is really ill, so wishing her well, Brenna. I mean, I know she doesn't listen, yeah. but uh, but but just to be clear, this has nothing to do with COVID. Coming in yes. to work with the flu has always been a total douche maneuver. Yes, yeah, and uh, this this just doubly so. As it affects people, I mean, again, not a lot, but there are people that will die from this probably. At a, it seems like from the stats, I was a little off when we first started with the whole guess on what this was going to be. I thought it was going to be about twice as deadly as a normal flu. It appears that maybe it's about three times, which is still in the ballpark, but it's still enough of a bump where you want to be more concerned about this. It's it's it, it, this still fits my qualification of it's a bad flu. Which is, I mean, people are talking about that, which was the last really bad flu, which was was 91 or something, if I remember correctly. Oh, that, been a that while. was rough. I, I missed like two weeks of school. Really? Like, you got I, it? I, 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 I don't remember what it was. I just remember like, early 90s. I was in, in in whatever grade. And I there was a point where my teachers had to start sending homework because I missed. Anyway, that's not hardly important. <laughs> well, I do is. remember I do remember bad flu seasons back then. The flu is not new. People getting sick is not new. But here's the thing. I got the flu. It made me very, very sick. And you know what I didn't do? I didn't go to school. Why? Because that way people, other people would get it. Yes. They, they you, didn't need it. You want to you want to stop the spread. That is. I mean, back back then, um, you know, my teacher was I, I had a pretty good one because uh, she would actually drive to my house and drop off the packet of homework. Well, she really pretty... wanted you to do your homework. Well, yeah, that was it. I, I was a star student, of course. Oh, of course. I mean, and a um, teacher's pet, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Definitely. Because with my attitude, you know that I'm totally subservient to that sort of thing. Yes. I mean, you never, never spoke up in class, never said a sour yeah. word. I'm sure uh, I I yeah, I got to know the vice principal real well. He was the guy in charge of actually my dad I would love to tell the story about how he uh, was on the vice principal speed dial <laughs> because the principal, I mean, he didn't deal with you. He, the, well, he the vice hit. principal was the one who was in, in in this particular school. The vice principal was the one in charge of discipline. Nice. So this was a case like Ferris Bueller when you just would show up in the office. They would just be like, oh, hey, Ryan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're here again. Yeah, I can see that. And you know what it, these, it happened. Yeah. So you mentioned you mentioned Larry a couple uh, minutes ago, yes. and I just want to point out for anybody who's not going out and listening to the That Larry Show podcast, uh, he has been knocking it out of the park the last two episodes, and uh, you people need to go. People need to hear this stuff because yeah. uh, the something uh, something snapped over the new year in the Take No Shit <laughs> Dojo, and 
he is i'm he is steamed up he is going he he's really it's it's larry yes and we are we are setting something up with larry to start an advice podcast slash live show so the next step is we're coming up with a name we're coming up with an email address where people can send questions you know and also audio video that kind of thing however we're going to put this thing together but larry's all in so i'm going to really enjoy working with him as i think a lot of people are we had a whole list like i said of experts you're included that are going to be a part of this interesting a whole list show. of experts and me yeah That's a, whole, awesome. a whole list of experts and you that will yeah. take part in this and you're right and the great thing about that larry show is he hits on the points he does his rants he sounds really good and almost always gets you in and out in like 20 minutes yeah. to 30 minutes he, just like an oil change he doesn't take it he doesn't take as long as we do right he doesn't meander quite as much as we do so yeah definitely check out that larry show.com subscribe he's got a patreon too so check that out and uh and look for new things here on the no agenda stream and a whole new show on, coming with larry on on the topic of meandering I, I wanted to get to the second half of the biden mask order just just for clarification this is technically it's a second executive order. This one is, quote, on promoting COVID-19 safety in domestic and international travel. Uh, okay. So the, the previous one was about uh, a federal uh, federally owned building land, et cetera. This is directs the HHS, FAA, TSA and Coast Guard to take action to require masks in all airports on commercial aircraft, all trains, all public boats and ferries, all intercity bus services, all forms of public transportation as defined in section 5302 of title 49. Um, that is a really wide order. It, um, I don't think he has the authority to do this. I, I, I really, you know, especially intercity, like intercity between, say, uh, Chicago and Mokina. Right. Um, any bus service. First of all, um, Biden has no jurisdiction when it's all in Illinois. Right. So, uh, I, I, like I said, um, and, and again, you know, it, this being an executive order and not a law passed through Congress, which is what this kind of sweeping measure should be. Um, all he's doing is directing the heads of these in these agencies to take action to require masks. Um, I, I don't you know, of everything that was put together. This is the one that is probably the most unconstitutional. It's saying uh, on com all commercial aircraft, he should not have the right to enforce what's going on on a commercial aircraft. Um, he should not have the right to enforce what's going on on a ferry or an inner city bus or uh, the, the, not, uh, the only way that that makes sense that the dictator of the federal government would have that ability is if we truly are an authoritarian communist state and the state owns everything. Well, and did that happen? Did I miss that? It'll be an emergency. It's an emergency. But yeah, um, overreach. It, he also uh, is directing them to take steps to require a negative COVID-19 test result within 14 days for all travelers passing into the United States uh, by air or by land um, working with Canada and Mexico for that. Oh, yeah. Um, did you see? By, did you see the, uh, the, I, uh, the, the WHO within just minutes of Joe Biden being inaugurated? 
inaugurated, inaugurated, said that uh, a P, uh, the test is no longer enough. The PCR test by itself yeah. is no yes, longer so, enough to determine somebody has the disease. So, of course, it's not clear what a negative COVID-19 test result is. We've never had a test that was actually a test. But, of course, we've had a lot of things that were have, have been uh, publicized as tests. And maybe that's what they're requiring. Um, uh, side note, there was another uh, action which uh, technically all it did was halt the withdrawal from the WTO, which had not been or not WTO, the WHO, which had not been. Who's on first? Uh, but it, yeah, the the WHO Trump had started the withdrawal, but it had not been finished. And all he does is halt it. Um, I mean, he did a bunch of other anti-Trump things like, uh, you know, immediately re-signing on to the Paris Accord. So. Right, because uh, Joe does not believe that the United States should be able to act alone in anything. No, no. And more importantly, Joe does not believe that the United States should have a functioning economy. But we should fund everybody um, else. We, we need we need to completely penalize all Americans for uh, climate change, even though 80 percent of the climate issues in the world are being caused by two countries, which are both exempted from any restrictions under the Paris Accord. But hey. Uh, it's virtue signaling that it is that it is. And that, Joe is good at that. Finally, uh, we are going to he is uh, it says as soon as there is uh, international certificates of vaccine vaccination or prophylaxis, those are going to be required for all uh, entry into the United States or passing between states, um, which I the only reason I brought that up is. Uh, we we have been told officially that the vaccines which are available now do not confer prophylaxis or even indeed the CDC definition of vaccination. So what is the chances that these will actually that having taken one of these will be good enough? Well, and you're believing people walking in with just random documentation from random countries. Like, I mean, nobody's well, got Photoshop and a laminator, right? Well, there there was a, a one provision in the executive order that said that uh, there the directors are also in instructed to institute measures to prevent fraud. Oh, well, see, that's important. That's what I just said. That, uh, no, no, just in, in COVID, not that had nothing to do with the election. No, of course not. Oh, OK, that's we, good. we like election fraud, just not COVID fraud. Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, uh, so. The reason I think that these are two separate executive orders is because I think that the second one is uh, blatantly unconstitutional and will be shot down. And I don't think he he wanted to make sure that he could still enforce it as much as possible in the areas that he has the constitutional wherewithal to be able to do so. But I think it's I, I'm just I, I don't know. I don't know why this should surprise me anymore because of of what we've seen already in the last 12 months, but uh, it is a ridiculous, um, amazing, just well, constitutional overreach. Well, to yeah, and Trump say, did things that were way overreach and all yes. presidents want to be overreaching. And, and, and our, the governors, I mean, you know, even when Trump wasn't overreaching and, and fucking up people's lives with the lockdown, we had people like Pritzker and Inslee and Cuomo and, and Newsom and, who were making sure that they went out and did a bunch of unconstitutional things. And someday I hope that we will have enough of a functioning country that the history can look back on these things and decide that it's unconstitutional so that maybe we won't have to put up with it again, but I'm not holding my breath. 
Well, the, the best thing that could come out of this would be for people to understand how viruses work, because this is not the first virus we've ever had. They've, they've been around for hundreds and hundreds of thousands, not thousands it, and thousands of was, years. If it was, it would have killed millions of people. Yes. And we have to understand how they work. And just that understanding, I think, would be helpful when it comes to, well, how do you avoid the virus? The thin paper mask, not going to do it. Staying six feet away from somebody, not going to do it. So not not going out into public and coughing on people when you're sick. That helps. Yes. That Yeah. That would also be helpful. Washing your hands when you touch a public bathroom or office door or a public figure. Always wash yeah. your hands if you touch a public. Always figure. wash your hands when Joe Biden sniffs you. Yeah, if you if you touch a public servant, wash your hands immediately and use all the hand sanitizer you can. Don't now, worry about are, making that super bug. There are lockdown measures that have really, you know, social distancing is has probably helped marginally. I think it's far more damaging to the psyche than any benefit you get from but but not standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody who might be sick. That is a pretty reasonable thing. Uh, Washing your hands. Absolutely a good idea. Whenever you go out and touch something that can be questionable, wash your hands, soap and water. Don't use antibacterial that creates that entire super bug problem. And it's really not necessary. You get all of the safety you possibly need from any kind of virus by using normal soap and normal lukewarm water. Uh, But like face diapers, don't work. Not worth it. They don't work. And they're they they are psychologically devastating. You know, I feel bad for the people that have to wear them hours and hours and hours a day, which I guess is now anybody that works in a public building. Thanks yeah. to Joe, because I mean, I've only worn a mask like three or four times, literally only to go to doctor's appointments. That's the only time I've worn them. And while I don't believe they work, you know, because of where you are. You go, okay, I get it. You're doing everything you possibly can to try to keep people safe. But I can tell you, I mean, I went to my retinal doctor on Tuesday and it's in a, it's in a building that's attached to a hospital. So of course going in, they're taking the temperature, which it's like, well, that doesn't really work either, but that's fine. That's another just virtue signaling. Well, okay. Again, it will tell you if somebody has a fever and I tell you what, if you have a fever, you should not be walking into a hospital so that's kind of reasonable but the only thing it tells you is if you have a fever it doesn't even tell you if if you're contagious because i I don't know if you remember having had the flu back when it wasn't a big deal but you're not in a permanent fever most of the time you're in and out right and so it's not you have to walk in when you're out (laughs) right and that's it it's it's okay it's an indicator And I guess people feel a little bit safer that they're doing that. And it's something I get it. But I mean, it did occur to me that I hoped that the people doing the job and it seemed like they did because then they give it a quick wipe before you use it as well. One of the machines that I use when I go to the retinal guy is a machine that takes the the photographs of the retina and you push like the side of your face up against the machine and like look to the side and there's a lot of contact between your face, even though wearing a mask, there's a lot of contact between your face and the surface. So if you were going to get infected, you know, that might be one of the places and you are relying on the people that are working there to do the cleaning. And they all seem to be doing the job. But those are the only times that I have 
ever worn the mask and it does it gives you a much different feeling and like i said i feel bad for people that have to wear this all the time and the people that you know have to uh you know wear these all day and feel like there's no end in sight <clears throat> oh you okay there i mean did you got the rona oh <laughs> no i just forgot how to use the mute <laughs> you button. forgot the mute button but that is where uh you <laughs> Sorry know I, about that and yesterday i mean i uh, while listening to no agenda um really start getting that's like, that's my smoker's lung growth yeah but that's only from your parents not you right you know i start getting heartburn and my stomach was kind of feeling i was getting the chills a little bit and i'm like i really hope this isn't the uh the start of the rona two days after going out to the uh to the doctor's office i mean i understand the mentality of it i mean i didn't think it was i think it might have just been a reaction to some uh, elderberry syrup so i mean there's only so much stuff you can do to try and stay healthy but it was it was a good visit to the retinal guy which was they, they were watching something in the good eye which i mean that's the one thing you, when you only have one eye they want to watch that very carefully so i'd been going in every four months because there was a little area like well you know, there's an area that's kind of tugging a little bit. And, uh, you know, if that continues to happen in the right way, then we may need to replace the vitreous solution in your eye. And it's like, OK, one, that never sounds like it's going to be an easy job. No, no, I've, <laughs> I've seen too many episodes of House to know like needles and eyeballs. I just have to look away. Yeah. And so I and was if like, it's your own eyeball, it's hard to look away. Yeah, well, it's very hard. You don't want to look away while that's going on. Uh, you know, but I digress and they've been yeah. following it. I had had it once before and it got a little bit better and then it got a little bit worse. And the doctor came in and was just damn near giddy. He's just like, uh, it's gone. It's like totally it's back to normal where it should be best we could have ever hoped for. See me in six months. So it's like, OK, that was that was a plus, um, you know, but the wearing the mask thing, it does make you feel different because that's the only yeah. time i wear masks going into the doctor's office and it does make you feel like you're going into some bad horror movie when everybody's well, call, wearing these call me a contrarian but i don't i i don't even wear a mask to my own dental appointments well you're gonna have to open your mouth there so i get that that doesn't make any sense my uh, my retinal guy doesn't need to stick his tongue down my throat or anything well did you, i i don't know if you consider that to be a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> i mean if it's a guy then maybe you're not into that sort of right, thing yeah. which means you're just not lgbt enough but right i guess not i guess that's just showing my white privilege again yes and i apologize Show, showing your your cisgendered hetero privilege yeah i'm gonna go sit in the corner and i'm gonna think about what i've done see that's that's why my, my gp she's actually pretty cute oh so you like but, going to the doctor you're like uh, can we do that cough and turn my head thing again yeah <laughs> uh, i've done that and um <laughs> I. You know what? There's really no way to do that, that it's not embarrassing. <laughs> she's like, Ryan, get the hell out of here. Oh. No, she's more like, Ryan, I didn't know you felt that way about me. But, <laughs> uh, and then, but then, maybe we should talk about experts or something. We, 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 should, we should talk about experts. And we do have a, a plethora. See, I know big words, JCD, if you're listening. A plethora of experts coming in for today's show. And we appreciate, one, everybody that joins us live. When I checked earlier triple digits live listening on the stream that's something that's you know fairly new for us which we appreciate everybody for listening live when we do these shows monday friday at noon eastern time we appreciate everybody that's in the troll room giving us a hard time while we're doing the show we see you blue douche we uh well, 170 now we still have over 100 that's good 
We appreciate everybody that supports the show financially because that's the only way we can continue to do this show week in and week out. And I've listened to less podcasts now because doing too many podcasts, there's just only so much time in the day. But some of the shows I do follow, like Tell Them Steve Dave, which is out of the Kevin Smith universe, that uh, the one guy, uh, Brian Johnson was on who are these podcasts not too long ago and i'm gonna be on who are, who are these podcasts i'm really excited about that yeah i'm looking forward to that but uh, you know, carl got a lot more friendly with me after finding out that that you were going to be on the show and i don't know if he thinks <laughs> that i'm going to put in a good word with you or or if or a bad I'm, word. I'm not real sure because really when you go on who are these podcasts i mean no most podcasts if you were giving somebody like how would you be a good guest when going on to grumpy old ben's people would be like well, be cordial, be nice. Well, that's not what Carl wants. He doesn't want cordial no. and nice. It's a different thing. No, he's he's got a great show. It's definitely not for everybody, and uh, they their entire shtick is making fun of other people. And so you've got to be kind of an asshole. And I think that you've got it what it takes. So I look Thank forward you. to that. Thank you. And you can't possibly be worse than than Dvorak was on there. Oh, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, and pretty mean pretty mean to john they didn't give john a chance to be oh, john's the one who's making about. fun of you about inaugurating things <laughs> so you have to I, inaugurate he needs him. a little bit of it the the tell him steve dave though is one podcast that i enjoy and i'm noticing more and more because they're normally a weekly podcast but they do miss some weeks and when they miss the week it's like it's been forever since a show has been released and then i just realize the workload that we've taken on which is the same workload as far as the amount of shows per week as no agenda. And then I realize those guys really deserve your uh, support as do we here yeah, at Grumpy Old Ben's and coming in with the executive producership via accident was uh, Sir Howitzer and Dame Sexy who sent in 3333 twice using Bitcoin. And I mean, it's tumbled since then. So, I mean, you know, it, it works sometimes yeah. a dozen other times where are, are we back to the days of of it costing seven bitcoins for a p- slice of pizza <laughs> not quite we may get there though I, I still don't believe in bitcoin i know a lot of people will vehemently disagree with me but uh the double bitcoin transactions coming in and then i got a letter on uh, no agenda social actually from sir howitzer saying i think i sent you double doses of bitcoin no worries. Please enjoy. I'm new to this. And the first time the phone app said it failed to transfer for some reason, but it looks like my wallet was debited. You should have received 33, 33 t- times two. Thank you for your courage. So, yes, the accidental donor gets the executive producership. And thank you, sir. How it's a happy accident from where I'm sitting. Right. Right. It, it, it seems much better from from our end, but we do appreciate it. And the Bitcoin thing that is. One of the issues with it is that it's not a simple press a button and it's done quite often. Yeah, it it seems like, oh, well, you know, it'll take a while and it can take minutes before a transaction actually finishes. So you have to understand that as well, because you can hit send. And then until that whole transaction is complete, I'm guessing it still shows in your wallet until the thing's done. So until it hits the blockchain which uh bitcoin transactions there's a real delay because there's a max transaction limit per amount of time Ooh, bitcoin. which is How one about- of the reasons why for example you can pay to expedite expedite right expedia. that's more you, yeah. can, you can pay for expedia 
<laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I did use Expedia once and I wound up in a hotel that was being renovated. Thank you, Expedia, for yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> how did, how did I, I I'm not going to ask. No, it was supposed to be a, um, like a Hyatt or one of these, like the cheaper version. Did you hear version. the part where I wasn't asking? Yeah. So oh. I thought I would tell you. And then what it turned out <laughs> to was like a days in that was just closed like a week earlier and they were just starting to turn it into the Hyatt or whatever it was. So yeah, when you're using things like Expedia, do your homework, do your homework, well, do your homework. I, I I tell you what, you know, Bitcoin itself is going to go up. It's going to go down. It It might. You know, you, you say it's going to crash. I, I'm not convinced it's going to crash. I don't, I don't know what it's going to turn into. I don't think it's going to, you know, completely go away. Although, um, you know, I guess that depends on if, if Biden's next executive order is to direct the IRS to, you know, either oh, ban bitcoins or a hundred percent tax. I mean, I don't know what it's going to do. What I do know though is that fiat currencies are losing confidence fast. Um, especially when you have, uh, people spending money under modern monetary theory or, you know, in various places. Um, and at some point the people, and this is going to sound ironic given that Bitcoin has been up and down so much, but at some point, uh, people are going to want stable stores of value. And for as long as the internet exists, regardless of what governments do, I think that crypto is going to be one of the main places. Oh, I agree. Uh, Just ultimately, I mean, ultimately, you know, invest in gold and silver because when the entire internet goes down and all the power grid drops, then you'll still have it. But I mean, if I'm not mistaken, in the last year, Bitcoin has been as low as thirty nine hundred and as high as like, what, forty three thousand. So that is a little unstable for a store of value. It's great for speculating. It's it's great for speculating a little bit more stability and you've got a store of value because it tends to still be trending up over the last several years Um, with that kind of instability. What it absolutely isn't is a currency. No, it is not a currency. And I was talking to Mark Van Dyke of the Mark and George show of Void Zero fame, who just updated the troll room, the chat room. So everybody show Void some love there. Uh, He suggested he was speculating on a crypto called polka dot i think it was so uh you heard it here first if polka dot goes way up buy in now and then uh and then and, thank and that's zero. that's not even in the top 10 for stupid crypto coin names so <laughs> that is sad isn't it that's why it's like do i really want to put money into polka dots that sounds <laughs> better <laughs> better than dogecoin <laughs> yeah is that dogecoin wait no that's that's something complete that, see that should be the no agenda currency dogecoin and then you could send it in to be dedouched. Just an idea. Yeah. Coming and, in. And next. Now, and now you've got my head spinning around <laughs> and the idea of implementing a no agenda blockchain app. Can we do that? See, you can. We have the dude's name, Ben. Why don't we have our own cryptocurrency for this community yet? I want to know. <laughs> because you can't spend it on pizza. Oh, OK. Well, that would be the problem. Coming in as an associate executive producer, Sir Gonzo Earth. At thirty three forty five. I mean, I'm just assuming he didn't say, but I'm assuming it's for forty five savage. Just guessing. Who, by the way, if you didn't hear yesterday on No Agenda Show, somebody still did, the president. Oh no, somebody did send in a thousand dollars anonymous donation. Which No Agenda, once you have a thousand dollars in donations, you get to be a knight of the round table. They even send you a little ring with the signet wax and the whole the whole bit. 
Well, somebody sent in a thousand dollars and said, this is in the name of Donald J. Trump. So Donald J. Trump is now a knight of the no agenda roundtable. I I heard the the Trump uh, knighting ceremony. And at first I was like, is somebody like, you know, the knights always tend to choose their own knight name. Like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Sir Howitzer or or Sir Gonsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And. I thought maybe somebody had chosen the name Sir Donald Trump, and then they're talking about, well, I guess we'll send the ring to Mar-a-Lago. Right. I'm like, wait, wait, the, the real, really? The guy. <laughs> and he's going to get the ring and be like, what the hell is this? And he's going to listen to the show, and he might like it. So, I mean, yeah. if, he, if, if you're if Donald J. Trump is ever listening to the No Agenda stream and he comes across Grumpy Old Benz, I mean, hey, if you want to start a media empire with a bunch of morons spewing things and you want to pay really well, we're your guys. And, and, and I've suddenly got this image now. And if, if nothing else, if you want to do nothing else with the ring, then you can leave it on the pillow of your enemy right before you whack his whole family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a very nice thought. Oh, come on. Trump way before he was, before he was tied in with the real, or, you know, with politics, he was doing the small time strong arm tactics of being associated with the mob. So I'm told. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you're going to be a developer in New York City, that was uh, that was kind of one of the things you had to do. I mean, now you just have to deal with the rats. Lots and lots of rats. You're talking about de Blasio? (laughs) Yes. And the actual rats, although de Blasio is the the king rat. I'd rather deal with I'd rather deal with Nick the rat than de Blasio. I'm just saying. See, now Nick the rat should run for mayor of new york city i mean if a socialist nick the rat should run from new york city but that's me <laughs> but no if, if nick was in control i mean couldn't you just see nick come out to make his first you know press briefing in the sunglasses and the floppy ears that would be fantastic I, I, I'd, I'd watch that yes it would be entertaining but sir gonzo earth sent in 3345 with the note that said rock and grump on dudes happy to see the show and tribe growing during these times and uh, he's from corrupt california so we appreciate that uh sir gonzo yes, and our get condolences out. yeah get out of california get, larry's got a plan hook up with him you can just get a bunch of people together a caravan leaving yes california california or or as some people might refer to it the south left coast yes the south left coast i mean larry i mean as we last heard was planting explosives all along the borderline of california and was going to send it into the ocean i don't know where that plan is so you may want to check with him just to be sure yeah. coming in next mud pig with 3333 and a note saying in the morning uh, it's mud pig again he says uh, end of another month time to pay the monthly bills as a note it's easy at least in my state to get a paypal account in a fictional name all you have to do is set up an llc and set you know get your uh, tax number and stuff and then paypal which is how i, I know we mentioned where? that the last where? time it came what in. state is this? Do you know? Because I want to be more anonymous. You'll have to see uh, if he mentions which state. Uh, I may have fucked up by making a podcast under my own name, though. <laughs> yeah, you start. See, we've started this before, which, uh, you know, was bad. But it's nice that you can PayPal people money. And it's like, this comes from Mud Pig. And it's like, well, I don't know. Uh, it just set up the business. And he said he thought that was interesting. And then he sent me a note after this, like, you know, you don't have to read that whole note. It, uh, which uh, it was some good stuff in here, though. He said. Uh, when uh, we, we talked about the Zytel backdoor, he said he worked at Sprint back in the early 2000s. And uh, when they were doing a home inter- uh, home Internet and a landline provider, they used the Zytel 
660 as their modem of choice. If you didn't want built-in Wi-Fi and it reported everything about your line back to the company and it got better. If you wanted the one with the built-in Wi-Fi, it gave us both your SSID and Wi-Fi password, even if you changed your Wi-Fi password. <laughs> I'm like, that's not because good. Because that's the kind of thing an ISP needs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to wonder about some of this stuff, which is another reason why you never use the same password on more than one account, no matter what it is. That's good advice, no matter who's listening in. Yes. Uh, he said, uh, continue being grumpy and apparently waking up some long dormant brain cells. That's what we try to do. We try to, yes. uh, we try to, we try to wake up those cells. We try to excite those neurons in your brain and have you, people come up with new ideas. You, you mentioned something earlier in the show. You said that, uh, you know, we're, we're not here to, uh, to tell you what to think. And I, I, I don't know if I've really said this, but my philosophy on this show, at least, has always been, uh, I, I, I happen to be right about pretty much everything. And I think you all know that. <laughs> But I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not telling you to believe what I believe or do what I do. What it, uh, the, the, the thing that I want to come out of somebody listening to grumpy old Ben's is if I made you stop and question your internal assumptions and consider other possibilities and think for yourself, then I have succeeded entirely. And that's all that I want. Because the last thing that the world needs is a whole lot of people who think exactly like Bemrose. That's dangerous. But a whole lot of people who think for themselves, I think, would be nothing but good. And if I can quote Cracker, what the world needs now is another Frank Sinatra so I can get you in bed. Yes. Uh, what the world needs now is another folk singer. <laughs> like, like I need, I need a, a hole in my head. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I will go. Uh, I'll go along with them on that one. So. uh so very much thank you to uh, to Mud Pig for the thirty three thirty three. So that's obviously a huge, huge no agenda nod coming in next. Michael Flynn with twenty three eighteen. Don't know why, but he says this donation should help Darren get by between welfare payments. So yeah, thank you, Michael John Flynn, and Adam of, of No General? Agenda. What was that? Uh, Michael Flynn. Yes, isn't that the name of of the the general who got the pardon? I think so. I mean, it could okay. be the same. I it's, don't know. It did. Did he like get out of from underneath the FBI's thumb and then immediately turn around and donate to grumpy old Ben's? I mean, that would be awesome. It could be. I mean, if if, if that's true, I mean, it would be a great, great guest well, to have on the show. It, it, if you are, you know, uh, yeah, we need an interview. Yeah. And he said, I'll send an actual note next time. But I, I do want to thank, uh, you know, John and Adam for putting it out there that I'm just on welfare. That was John, too. Not Adam. Adam's yes. a nice one. John's a little, <laughs> little cantankerous lately. I don't know why John, John's been on fire for the last several months. <laughs> I think it's because he has, he is secretly a Biden supporter and <laughs> has been hoping and praying that all of this fraud stuff just went, you know, the, the worst thing that could possibly have happened to John over the last couple months was that Adam could possibly be right about anything. And especially <laughs> about this Q theory that Trump was somehow going to manage to pull off some kind of legal maneuver in the deep state. I, I, I don't know. It, like John seemed personally offended every single time that Adam brought up the idea. Uh, so I, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm just going to wildly speculate. Cause that's what we do here. And uh, and then we'll see what happens with uh, Steve Pachanek. Will we ever hear John's from him never, again? 
John's never coming on this show after this. He might. He may. I mean, I hear there was the other rumor was that uh, Harry Hamster in the troll room. Actually, John C. Dvorak. I mean, can anybody disprove that? I don't think so. I can't. The uh, next on the list, which came in during the last show, our buddy, Sir NetNed from Detroit City. Well, just outside of Detroit, comes in with 20 bucks, says, keep up the grump. I mean, like there's any alternative to that NetNed. Yeah, I, I don't know how to do different. That's the only way we know how to do things here. I mean, we don't live outside of Detroit. So, I mean, we're less grumpy probably than you are. And he is a certifiable dude named Ben. And yes, I said certifiable. And he's an expert. And we appreciate it. I mean, yes. he wanted us to we uh, send us certificates. About, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be doing that. We are getting certificates. So when people reach yes. that thousand dollar level, they will be certifiable and certified. It's the grumpy old Ben certification. You can put this on your resume. You can or like somebody in the troll room said I could put it in right next to the, to the forged diploma on my wall. It's like, don't tell us it's a forged diploma. People won't know if you say you went uh, my, to Harvard. My diploma is not forged, but. I, at this point, it it does exactly as much good as something that I print myself. Is it vomit soaked? No, you, you no, only because it's behind glass. See, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. And uh, also coming in today, Cameron White six thirty three. I believe he set up a new monthly thing. No notes. We appreciate that, Cameron. Coming in also, John Hog Story Fletcher. And yes, he's legally changed his middle name to Hog Story. You can catch him twice a week at hogstory.net comes in with 350 and our buddy rayford bacon the third comes in with 333 and we appreciate the support again no no i think he's on a i could uh, only be so awesome to have a name like bacon i know i mean who doesn't love bacon that would just be i mean that would have made it so easier i mean to, to go out and get dates like even vegetarians secretly <laughs> love bacon don't try to deny it you have to you have to but i can just see i mean if that was my i'd be like hey baby you like bacon yeah <laughs> and just you know point to yourself like i'm that's you're right you want a little bacon everybody wants a little bacon no question about it i have it you know about a couple strips a day on average you know you gotta you gotta watch it but uh i mean you don't want to do every now and then the guy that lives down the street from me who was the uh rookie of the year back in uh, 1983 i believe ronald kittle was the home big home run hitter for the white Sox. he's a big guy like me and uh, I mean, he works like day and night, so I can see how he doesn't turn into a like 500 pound person. He's he's very in shape looking. And there are just some days where he's like, yeah, I just made myself a BLT with a pound of bacon. And it's like, that can't be healthy. Wow. That <laughs> can't I, be healthy. I but I can't think of anything unhealthy about a pound of bacon. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, you, you know what? We should end the show. I suddenly want to go cook. I was going to say you're, you're probably not going to be doing a health podcast anytime soon. No, I could. <laughs> I, I, I could. I would definitely talk about health. You're like, okay, what you want to I do? might even give advice. It wouldn't be good. Go out, get a pound of I bacon. Make, make I make a, no guarantee about whether the advice is good. I'd be like, yep, bacon and milkshakes. That's the winning combination. I think I had a bacon milkshake in Vegas once, and that was actually better than you okay. would think. Okay. I, uh, no, I got to draw the line. I just threw up in your mouth a little bit. Congratulations. And we do work on the value for value model. And all of these fine folks came in to support the show. And if you would like to do so, if you got anything out of this, if you got any value from listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, did we make you laugh? Did we make you cry? Did we make you rethink your whole spot in the world? Well, then go over to GrumpyOldBen's.com. 
and click the donate button. If you want to use PayPal, you can do a one-time or monthly donation. Use the QR code or Bitcoin address if you want to send us some Bitcoin like Sir Howitzer and Dame Sexy did. Or you can use the P.O. Box address to send us a check. Your bank will even do it for you. If you have bill pay, set it up as a one-time or monthly payment. And that is what we prefer when it all comes down to it, because then nobody takes a percentage and we dig that idea. But we do have one, a few other things, I guess, to uh, okay to talk about here. One was I got an email because I'm on a mailing list from Uber Eats because you got an email. I help, uh, you know, a couple. My buddy has a couple of restaurants. And I just thought this was interesting from Uber Eats because we're going fully woke now, which was the email that said, uh, you know, if you're a black business ordering from black owned restaurants, Uber Eats is committed to standing with black communities. As part of this effort, Uber Eats is featuring black owned restaurants in the app so that such restaurants can be easily found by customers who search the app for black owned and are highlighted to customers through our potential black owned icons and landing pages. So they're now getting special icons for being black owned. I want to know where are the white owned icons and can we search for white owned restaurants because this seems really racist. Those are the ones on page 74 of the search results. I mean, screw Uber Eats. Do not use companies like this. How awesome is it, though, that that our politics have come all the way back around to 1954 where it's suddenly in vogue again to for a company to cater to racism. I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the logic. I don't get how this makes things better. Uber is responding to a market demand. There are racists out there who want to decide where to eat based on the color of the skin of the owner of the company. And Uber is providing a service that the pub, their public is demanding. This is on the part of Uber. It's pure capitalism. Now on the part of the racist fucks who think that that's a good idea. Um, yeah. Uh, welcome to the civil rights era. And if you really believe that we have a hugely racist country, which is the only reason to put this legislation in, right? Yes, Joe? we do. At least 80 million of them. If they're all so racist, wouldn't having your business tagged as black owned lose you business if it was really a racist country? <laughs> if, if systemic racism worked the way you think it does. Right. Yes. Yes. Because that's the only thing that would make sense, which would be. Well, now, if I go to Uber, even I might have been ordering from this hamburger joint from years and love the burgers. But now I'm going to be like, oh, I'm a racist dude. And look, it says black owned. Fuck them. I'm going somewhere else. If you no, believe no, because, that systemic because racism white is a privilege. problem. Yeah. If you believe you, you, that. In fact, you, you can't understand this because of your white privilege. You are incapable of applying reason to this situation because you are so white privileged that you just don't understand the logic. I think that's how critical race theory works. It's the only thing that would make sense because I just don't get it this. It doesn't make sense. There's nothing about that that makes sense. What I just said was pure nonsense. Don't try to don't lie to people. So it is good to promote my business is black owned, but it's racist to promote my business is white owned. What about Chinese owned? What about Mexican owned? Which what about okay? just promoting your business? I, mean, I know that seems like the Martin Luther King thing, because that would be let's uh, what, what did he say that we should uh, we should really judge people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. All right. So we should judge restaurants based upon the quality of their food, not on the color of who's making it. 
or who owns the business? Well, in in uh, to paraphrase, if yeah, you want to take in, that concept. in an honest uh, society, yes, we would do that. I mean, one of the first know. things we talked about on the show were the two white women. And I think it was in California who dared to own a Mexican restaurant and they were run out of business because, oh, my God, you're white women owning a Mexican place. But like, that's sexist. They're women. I know. You can't discriminate. We're so what the hell? Yeah. Wh- Some, where is the Somebody ladder? was doing intersectionalism wrong. Yeah. I mean, doesn't doesn't being the right gender over. You know, isn't that like Trump being the uh, the the wrong um, race? Doesn't I mean, I don't get the color of your skin, which is more important. I keep forgetting. I don't know. I'm going to need like it, a flow it chart. varies depending on on the rhetorical needs of the speaker. Honestly. Yeah. I'm going to need a flow chart. Somebody put that together. I mean, you got anything else uh, for this particular episode? I I got nothing but a heavy cat in a full bladder. <laughs> well, with that, then. I will remind everybody that we will be back on Monday to do this all over again. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I have neither a cat or a full bladder. And from America's left coast, where I'm starting the push to unify our divided country under the power of bacon. I'm Ryan Bemrose.